Hey, it's Andrew Henderson from Nomad Capitalist. You are listening to Culture Matters. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hey, hello there. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode 127. Today's guest is Andrew Henderson. Andrew Henderson works with six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs who want to keep more of their own money, build a freedom lifestyle, and grow their wealth faster. He has traveled to nearly 100 countries in search of the best places to live, bank, do business, and invest. Let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Hey, Andrew, good morning or good afternoon or good evening. I have no idea what time it is, what time zone. We didn't actually discuss this. So let's get right into the interview and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where do you come from? Where are you now? And what would you consider your so-called cultural frame of reference? Well, my uh, current uh, project is I'm the founder of Nomad Capitalist. I've been doing that for a number of years now, helping people to... Uh, diversify and, and internationalize their businesses, their tax planning, their citizenships, everything about their lives mm -hmm. uh, to, as I say, go where you're treated best. Those are my five magic words. And so my background uh, was in the United States, growing up in the Midwestern United States, where uh, when I was 12 years old, my father said those five words. He said, Andrew, listen, uh, the world is changing. Yeah. Uh, next, you know, that was 1996. So he said, you know, next century coming up will be the Asian century. You know, times change. Nothing is static. Mm -hmm. uh, this country is less and less friendly. Uh, even though our ancestors came here, you may be someone who wants to leave. And he said, you should go where you're treated best. And so um, I don't know what framework that is, but it's very intriguing looking at the United States now and seeing um, and, and looking at many places in the world and seeing this increased nationalism. But but what I would say is my uh, framework uh, at my core is an Anglo-Saxon uh, framework. Uh -huh. um, there's a certain um, you know, thing that, that exists in that culture that's not specifically American. Um, but over the last uh, decade, I've, I've been around about 100 countries, lived in a number of them, done investments, hired people, done pretty much everything you can do mm -hmm. uh, in many of these different countries. And so I feel that um, you know I've picked up on the culture, and, and I've said – I think exactly what you say. I think what you say is great. Culture matters. I've been saying it for uh, uh -huh. for years, and I'm and I'm glad that you are, are doing this for a living. Okay, and where are you now, Andrew? Right now, well, at this moment, I'm in Belgrade in Serbia. I have a, a great uh, group of people who are with me here. I've kind of adapted to this Balkan culture as as much as an Anglo-Saxon can. I have a home in Montenegro. I'm this is kind of my summer stomping grounds. Okay, that's cool. So we're in the we're actually in the same time zone, I believe. I think we are. We we just say uh, hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just never know. But 
yeah. I think Belgrade's a great place. Just backtracking a little bit on, on what you say. Um, obviously, I agree with you and you agree with me in terms of that culture matters. In terms of your experience, I, typically uh, from a business angle, business perspective, why do you think that there's so many companies or people in companies that still brush over cultural differences so quickly? Do you have any clue why that is? Well, I'll say what nobody else wants to say. Uh, and that is uh, where I come from. I think where we come from, uh, it is not allowed to say that we're all the same. Mm. And I'm not here to say that some of us are better and some of us are worse. Mm. Uh, absolutely not what I'm going to say, because um, I put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. I I don't have Americans on my team, um, at least not in full time roles, but. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to say anything. So if you're sitting and, and so two reasons, number one, you're not allowed to say anything. It's politically incorrect. I mean, just look, I mean, I have not been to the United States for more than six days in the last five years. And what everyone tells me is the place is falling apart. I mean, you can't say anything. You can't think anything. If you're someone, uh, you know, who is, is from my background, you know, you're a wealthy, you know, white dude, mm -hmm. you know, Nobody wants to hear from you anymore. And the idea that culture matters, excuse us, you know, that's rude. Here's the other thing. And I'll speak from a U.S. perspective because I think that, you know, people in, in Western Europe probably have a more refined perspective. But how many people in the U.S. have a passport? Mm -hmm. That's oh. less. It's about 50 percent or less than 50 percent. Less than 50 percent. Uh -huh. And so, I mean, these are people who think that all of Mexico is a war zone. <laughs> um, and so what do you think they think about other places? So I think that, you know, one of my big tips is uh, theory is great. Knowledge is great. Experience matters. Yeah. Uh, and so until you've been there, uh, you don't know. And so people just have these ideas. And by the way, you know, in the corporate world, there's a lot of kind of me too. It's, oh, you know, IBM is doing this, so we should do it. And people don't really give it much thought and they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. In 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 terms of that, in in uh, being politically correct, and the, the the fact you mentioned that that the U.S. is falling apart, is the the name of your company. And I want to get into what you actually do. Nomad capitalist. Does that get any critique at this moment, having the 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 climate and ecology so much in the forefront of of our minds? Are you one of the bad guys only focusing uh, I, on oh, money? I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm. I'm one of the worst. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, here, here's what's gratifying for me. I walk around in the cities that I talk about. I was walking around here in Belgrade in the first 24 hours. Two people came up to me and said, you know, really love what you do and, and love your videos and, and you've really helped me. Um, listen, the fact that I'm helping the average person find options and go where they're treated best uh, does not resonate well with governments, particularly big, imperious, judgmental governments that are running out of money and are angry that people are leaving. Yeah. Um, I don't give too much attention to that. They're welcome to their opinion. Um, I, by the way, I think many people who work for the government just don't care. They're just there to do a job. But I'm sure the official position is, yes, if you've renounced your citizenship, as I have, that you're a terrible person, even though the country did absolutely nothing for me and the people, you know, just it wasn't it wasn't my culture. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't not financial stuff with aside. It just wasn't the place for me. But but now I'm an enemy. Uh, because you don't fit in. And I think that's a very key element to this kind of culture matters is not everyone's going to fit in everywhere. And, and culture does uh, play a role. You know, qu listen, quite frankly, you know, here's my answer. Um, I 
because I grew up in a in a lily white, you know, not not you know, in terms of cleanliness, not in terms of yeah, 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 you know, but in terms of like play by the rules, be whiter than white, like clean, uh-huh. um, family background, you know, play it straight. That's how I live. Uh, we play by the rules. We may not like the rules, but we find a way to get out of the rules uh, if there's a legal way to do that. And so, um, listen, you know, they may make the rules more difficult in years to come. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to be afraid because I'm doing things right. Whether people like me or not uh, is less important than whether I'm living the life that I deserve. Yeah. Or what they think you should live. Something like that. Um, is, you announced your American citizenship. Is that correct? I did. And and what what passport or passports are you holding because that is also a possibility? I have a portfolio and for me I'm I'm like a passport geek, you know, some people I I initially it was diversification. Uh-huh. Uh I have a couple of citizenships by investment including St. Lucia. I have other citizenships that I've obtained through other means um that I don't talk about because uh quite frankly when you build a big enough portfolio you're eventually going to find some countries that could get into a fight or something. Yeah. I don't really want to, you know, have a have that happen, but Um, I, I've become kind of a, a passport geek, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I don't like the culture where I'm from, mm-hmm. and I, um, there's a part of me that's you know beyond the diversification, beyond the you know I get to be free financially, free personally, free. I get to enjoy you know the kind of libertarian lifestyle. Uh, I you know I I would like a place to resonate with. And it's kind of my this is, is not only a business journey for me, it's a journey to find um, where I belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been intriguing because you just think because, again, why, to go back to your original question, why don't people get it? I left the United States. Uh, I started traveling um, almost a dozen years ago mm-hmm. and very quickly it became pretty, pretty intense traveling. Mm-hmm. And. I just figured, oh, well, anywhere else will work. I'll just go to Europe and I'll fit right in. Well, you don't understand that as similar as, as people from the U.S. and Europeans are, there are vast differences. Yeah. You know, the U.S. and U.K., best allies, vast differences. Uh, and so it's a hard thing to like, where do I belong? You think, oh, I'll just go to the U.K., it'll be perfect. Uh, no, no, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, like we, we ramble a little bit in the U.S., but like we don't, we don't take eight paragraphs to say, nice to meet you. Uh-huh. Um, so like, where is the place? And I know that's, you know, but, uh, that's been the journey. Right. And, and have you found, um, a best fit until now? I, that's, I don't know that there is a best fit. No, I know, no, no. But, but what, I mean, you're still searching. That's what you say. Is there, is there anything? Well, this could be it. I'm not sure yet, but this could be the country that I fit in best at this moment. You know, here's my take. There, there's, there's a movement and, and, Being someone who's engaged, I apparently don't subscribe to it. But there's a movement of people in in kind of the relationship community that say, you know, have different partners in life for for different purposes and and don't rely on one person for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, obviously not what I'm doing in my life, but I take that view with geography. Uh, You you call me geographically polyamorous, Mm -hmm. uh, where I fit in great in Malaysia because it has enough British influence plus the Asian influence, the niceness. They're so sweet. Everyone is like the nicest people. I go there and it's very easy to to have, you know, connections with people, somewhat Mm -hmm. superficial at times, but but it feels nice. Mm -hmm. And you get to help them and they help you. Now I'm in in the in Europe. I'm in the Balkans, and I like this Eastern European thing. I have a team here, so there's a warmth with that. Yeah, I like this kind of Eastern European where you know you can still drive around. And and my fiance was saying, 
I hope it never changes here where there's just like women in bikinis on billboards. Like in, in the U.S., you, you would be, you know, you'd be out of business if you did that. Yeah. Uh, and then I like the Latin world. And so we're going to spend some time there in, mm. in the latter half of every year. And so I guess the answer to your question is I don't know that any one mm-hmm. place maybe should fully satisfy you. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It's, I mean, and then certain stages of, of your, I mean, your mental being, if you, if that makes any sense, like in summer, you want to be there. In winter, you'd like to be there. Uh, I think that has an influence as well. So I, I can tell you this. I mean, we went to we had a big dinner the other night, um, and we went to a restaurant in Belgrade, mm-hmm. and we made a reservation like three weeks in advance. And we go there, and uh, one of the girls on our team was like, "Oh, they gave away our our table upstairs to uh, to like a photo shoot that just came in." And she's like, "Well, what the heck? Like, we booked this three weeks ago." And the guy just shrugs his shoulders, like, "Sorry, too bad." And okay, like there's a charm to this kind of like, what do you want me to do? Eastern European vibe. But if I had to deal with that, like like 12 months out of the year, every year for the next 25 years, I would probably go nuts. Yeah. But in limited doses combined with the Asian sweetness, it's a little inefficient at times. Now you come here, it's more efficient, but it's like you get two words. And so uh, I, I think that putting those all together, you, you, it works. Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that. I mean, being a Dutchman, born in Amsterdam, living in Belgium at this moment, spending some, having spent some time in, uh, in Latin America and in the U.S. as well, it's um, yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to what to what you're saying. That that was from a, from a personal um, Andrew Henderson point of view. Tell us a little bit more about what Nomad Capitalist does. What what, what do you what do you do? Well. Uh, what I started doing years ago was just documenting my trips around the world, trying to figure out how to protect the money I'd made by selling uh, and by running several businesses in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to live there anymore. And so I was saying, all right, how do I invest the money? How do I protect the money? Uh, it's been a progression. And eventually I got to the point where I said enough people were asking for my help. Yeah. And uh, I felt comfortable enough in offering it uh, to now we help people do that very thing. So it's uh, helping people with entire holistic plans of how to – uh, internationalize their businesses to reduce tax, to protect their money better, to seek better opportunities, uh, invest in emerging markets that, that earn higher returns, get residences, get passports, move around the world, and, and basically become global citizens. And so, the funny part that's um, uh, you know interesting for for your audience, I think, is what I've learned along the way is. That technical stuff mm-hmm. is a small part of the equation because what the biggest thing that we do on a service level is mentoring and, and being there for people who maybe have never left their country other than for a short vacation. And they have no idea the stuff we're talking about. They're like, why would you make fun of people for speaking eight paragraphs? And it's like because because they just went to London for a week and didn't notice it. Um I don't, know, I don't mean to pick on the British, but I mean, I'm just, you know, it's like after 12 years, you kind of, you kind of put your guard down a little bit and you're just honest about how the world works. And, and these people don't have that. And so that I think that besides, you know, how do you save half a million dollars in taxes a year is the mentorship of easing people into a global lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes good sense. When you, when you mentioned like this in terms of, 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 uh, how do you avoid paying taxes like that? Aren't we talking about the obvious places to be the, 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 uh, the usual suspects in terms of the Caribbean and, um, the, uh, Luxembourg or Switzerland or something like that? Or uh, is that, is that too simple? I think Switzerland for most of our people is, is probably, uh, far too high in terms of tax. You oh. know, what I try and do is look for the next place. So if it's, you know, the next Switzerland of banking, 
which I've often said is probably Singapore, um, you know, the next big thing. And so, um, you know, I work with a number of wealthy people, I had a guy who just sold a company for a hundred million, have a guy who's selling a company for 30 million, you know, have someone who's just made 2 million a year for the last 30 years. Um, but we also just deal with people who have startups and they may be making half a million a year, but they're investing it back into the business and they haven't accumulated much. And so to move to Switzerland is going to be too expensive for them. For the older guys, they're like, I don't need Switzerland. And so I'm looking for kind of up and coming places, maybe in Central America, Eastern Europe. Um, you know, there are places, there's Malaysia, there's Singapore, there's, there's, I don't know, probably 30 different places that we've dealt with. And some people, again, they just want to live my trifecta lifestyle. Andrew, find me three places. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have three homes. And so what I'm currently doing is figuring out how to set up three homes that are fully, you know, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different suspects. Um, the Caribbean might be a good passport for somebody, like, like an American who wants to not be an American, but uh, not too much Caribbean otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, and for banking, I mean, the Caribbean has just been totally wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> it, it has been. I mean, in terms of, of, of tax havens and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, so my thing is onshore is the new offshore. Mm-hmm. You know, people read about incorporating their company in the Marshall Islands and banking in the Vanuatu, in Vanuatu. And it's just like, it doesn't work anymore, even operationally. I mean, you, do you want it to take, you know, a month to send a wire mm-hmm. and, and cost you 200 bucks? You know, so I think that as transparency increases, as the rules tighten, as more people live this lifestyle and it becomes more and more on the radar, mm-hmm. uh, I think increasingly, yeah, you I mean you want to take advantage of onshore places, but but generally, you know, less expensive than Switzerland, less expensive than Monaco. Um, so, okay, is there are your clients typically from from the the U.S.? I mean, used in in your introduction, we could have heard that you're working with people that earn six seven figure incomes. Yeah, that would make that would make it for me. That would make it Australia, the 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 first world, if if that makes sense. Well, here again, speaking to culture, and I'm really glad that you're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I work, I would say, with the Anglo-Saxon world. So what is that? It's the U.S., Canada, Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, the U.K., um, not so many folks in Ireland, um, just by the, the side of Ireland, um, you know, occasionally the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, but, but here's what I've learned. Right? People say, why don't you work with Indians? Why don't you work with Chinese? They're a huge market. Well, number yeah. one, there's, there's a huge number of people. I mean, there's a thousand uh, migration agents in China. But here's the bigger issue. I don't understand. I've been to China. I've, you know, had relationships with Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand China to run a business. And you know what? I wouldn't be the most effective mentor for them. Yeah. Because even you go even to Spain or Portugal, people have a far more lax view on paying tax than we do. Mm. Ah, how are they going to find us? Let's just cut some corners. I don't, I'm not in the corner cutting business. And so if you are in the corner cutting business as a customer, we're not, we're not going to have a good service relationship. I work with people who have the same mindset that I do. They're afraid of the tax man. They want them out of their life. They want to cross all the T's, dot all the I's. They want it done. They never want to hear from them again. They want it legal and, and they have the money to invest. Obviously, you know, if you're from, you know, uh, you know, Chad or something, I mean, it's not really an issue, but, um, I work with people who I understand and therefore I can help them because I'm in their heads and I can, I, I know exactly what they're dealing with. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because that was that was on my mind as well. Because if I would give you a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars or euros, how do I know it's a safe place? You're suggesting that I would put my money in, for instance. And by the way, I mean, so there are a lot of folks in China. I mean, there there's a huge waiting list for um, U.S. immigration from Chinese investors. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, now I'm I'm a guy who left the United States. Now, at a certain point, you say Android's a business. You know, take their money and serve them. I don't think that's how business really works uh, effectively and certainly not effectively in, in this day and age where you just take money and do stuff you don't really believe in. Um, I take my own medicine. I eat my own dog food. Um, I'm pretty much doing everything that I tell other people to do. Uh, you know, I've got dozens of bank accounts around the world. So if I'm recommending a bank, chances are I've got something in that bank or at least did at one point. Um, and so – Again, not only don't understand Chinese, I don't understand why you'd go to the U.S. And I just feel like I wouldn't be heard if I were to say, guys, you know the IRS is like the most difficult people to deal with. And they're not just going to like let you hide your assets like you are doing in China. Mm-hmm. It's a new pl- – oh, no, it'll be fine. It just it wouldn't work. And so I think that different cultures have different views. Even the person who moves from an emerging country to the U.S., they're still going to keep some of those emerging tendencies. Mm-hmm. Is there, you mentioned this earlier in terms of, of an increased um, uh, amount of transparency. Is it getting more difficult to, to legally, like you say, I mean, dotting the I's, et cetera, and, and getting, getting it right and doing it, doing it correctly. Is that getting more and more difficult? Well, I have a, a friend and a mentor who I think it's a great, great saying. Everything is easy and nothing is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, there's certainly more things to do. There's a couple more forms to fill out. There's a few more things to be conscious of. Mm-hmm. I guess I look at it as there's just more enforcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a video recently on our YouTube channel where I talked about, you know, is is hiding money in Swiss banks uh, illegal? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the answer. It always was. It just used to be there was no enforcement mechanism yeah. uh, or there was no actually detection. There would have been enforcement if they had detection. Yeah. Um, now they have detection. Now they have enforcement. So nothing's changed. Um, government's interpretation of, you know, are you a tax non-resident? Yes, they've become more strict, particularly in the Anglo-Saxon world. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? It means you need to be more focused in the way that you do things. If you're someone like me who just doesn't want to go back to your country at all or very much, I don't think it's much harder. What I think there's a need for is more advice and should not just to say, oh, if I spend fewer than 183 days in the Netherlands, I'm fine. Well, that's hardly the only thing that matters anymore. It may have mattered 20 years ago, but now they're much more sophisticated. And so um, I don't know if it's harder. I just think it's more involved. Okay. Makes makes good sense. You you make these interesting videos uh, in terms of preparing for for this talk that you and I are having right now. I, I went through your, your LinkedIn profile, um, Facebook, the usual suspects again, and YouTube as well. And I, I watched an interesting video because you, you make this, this list, right? The best passport to have, the best place to live, the best bank, uh, the best place to do business, the best place to invest. Um, can we go, can, can we go over that list? Because like you said, I mean, that might not be all one location, one bank no. in one, in one place. So what would be the best, um, passport to have at this moment? And we're recording in 2019. <laughs> well, we put out the Nomad Passport Index every year. It's been in BBC and Bloomberg and CNN, et cetera. So we've said twice in a year or uh-huh. two years in a row, Luxembourg, mm-hmm. with this caveat. I'm not going to get a Luxembourg passport. 
because um, I don't live in Luxembourg. Yeah. So if you happen to have one, congratulations, you've got the best one in our opinion. To, to, um, can can, can I just just build on that a little bit because that is yeah. exactly that surprise. I mean, Luxembourg didn't surprise me that much. I have a good friend in Luxembourg, so I know a little bit how the how the place works. But isn't that is just a Schengen passport, isn't it? Why? What's the difference with a with a Dutch passport? Um, because the quality of life in the Netherlands is also good. It's a very liberal passport. So why yeah. why does where does that differ? Well, I think what we went through and we said, you know, which countries have, and I think the Netherlands is improving in this regard, but, you know, which countries have the most unrestricted dual citizenship, which countries have the best reputation, which countries have the most personal freedom as measured by a number of different indexes. So I think the Netherlands is, I mean, is there a huge difference between number one and number 12? Uh -huh. uh, no. But, you know, I think, you know, maybe they have two more visa-free countries than you do kind of right. thing. And, uh, you know, maybe their dual citizenship is a little bit more liberal um, and maybe it's a little bit easier to get out of taxes. I mean, leaving the Netherlands for tax purposes is a bit more difficult than leaving uh, other European countries. Mm -hmm. So in our personal experience. And so, uh, you know, what's the difference between number one and number 12? Heck, the U.S. passport, we ranked 38th. Uh -huh. So uh, <laughs> and that's because they follow you all around the world with a stick collecting taxes from you. Uh, obviously, we help people greatly reduce those taxes. Um, but you still got to pay, you still got to file. Mm -hmm. And so to us, that greatly reduced the value of that passport. So what's the best passport to have? Listen, for a lot of people sitting in Serbia or Montenegro or Georgia or these countries where I go to mm -hmm. that pine for the U.S., they might say the U.S. or they might say Germany or they might say the U.K. Uh -huh. um, I don't know that that – I mean quite frankly, I don't really need any of those passports because um, I don't want to live in those places. Yeah. Um, so it depends on who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. One of the questions that I had in my mind, where, what is the best place for me to live, for, for Chris to live? And of course, well, you, you and I need to sit down and you need to know more about me, what I want, et cetera, because that might be different from, from and also understanding, by the way. Pardon? Uh, and also understanding. Uh huh. Um, I don't really live or at least spend that much time in any of my citizenship countries. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between where you're a citizen where you live. Yep. Now, I think that the next step for me will be getting one or two passports in places I really want to live or mm -hmm. could live, mm -hmm. um, you know, versus somewhat flags of convenience that, that I like and could live in, but, but would rather not so much. Um, but understand those two things could be different. So again, for me, I mean, a, a U.S. passport, there's one value in it. You get to live in the United States. Uh -huh. If you don't want to live in the United States, to me, its value far diminishes. And the fact that, that you know, there are seven countries that I might need to get a visa to now that I didn't before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, it makes makes good sense. So, okay, Luxembourg, the best passport to have. What's the best place to live? Well, I mean, greatly depends. Just had a, a, an older uh, couple yesterday, a couple guys in their 50s. Uh -huh. They said, we want high altitudes. Okay. Uh, we want Costa Rica. We want um, Georgia. Um, listen, I, I, you know, my, my countries, I think my trifecta uh, is, is Malaysia, Montenegro, uh, Mexico. Mm. Uh, I like Colombia as a place to live, not quite as much as Mexico if you're, uh, if you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Serbia is a nice place. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess Amsterdam is not a bad place to live. Um, uh, you know, so there's a lot of nice places to live. I mean, you could certainly live in Singapore, but you can see the point. I mean, it, it depends. Yeah, 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 very much. Why do I live in Kuala Lumpur? And not Singapore, um, which is very—I mean—geographically really close to each other, but still different countries. I, I like the global citizen sandwich, where I live in KL in the middle. Uh -huh. I bank and store wealth in Singapore, and then I invest, you know, in places like Cambodia. 
yeah. and I'm in the middle. Listen, you know what? I'd rather have a collection of homes around the world totaling $2 million than one average apartment in Singapore for $2 million. Mm. And so I made the decision because I don't need to live in Singapore. I'm not going to live in Singapore. I'll live in the slightly more gritty, edgy, fun, less corporate, more relaxed mecca of Kuala Lumpur. Mm -hmm. And if I want to go to Singapore and get my refinement, quote unquote, in, I'll go for a weekend. I'll stay at a blathering St. Regis hotel for $500 a night. And then I'll come back and be glad that I'm living in Kuala Lumpur (laughs) with all my extra money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully understand that. And again, it's it's personal. But I guess it's how personal is banking? I guess, of course, it, it, to some extent, it becomes personal. But the best place to bank, the, surely, there must be a best place to bank and invest, isn't there? More objectively, if you have money, I like Singapore. Here's the challenge with places like Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been saying for years, I'm always looking for the next Singapore mm-hmm. because what happens to Singapore? Well, if you want to move there, you better be starting a really exciting business for them to want you in, mm-hmm. or you better have a lot of money to invest. Yeah. And don't really count on getting a passport if that was your plan. Like if you want to become a citizen of Singapore, good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying these things are impossible. I'm not saying it's totally closed off, but it's, I mean, compared to going there 10 years ago, yeah. they don't need you anymore, mm-hmm. right? Everyone always gets excited once the, once the place no longer needs them. And so on the banking sector, Still very accessible, mm-hmm. but the days of walking in and getting a bank account with a thousand dollars, as I did many years ago, mm-hmm. those days are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the caveat. So, if you're just a guy who's saying, you know what, I just want to get a toehold, I want an excuse to go to other countries. I've been a big proponent of Georgia as a place to bank with very, very low minimum balances. I think there's some very good banks there and some not so good banks, but there's some good ones. And I mean, Hundreds of people have emailed us and said, I went to Georgia. I've met people on the street. I'm here opening a bank account. And what does that do from the perspective of culture matters? What it does is people are going to a country they never would have gone to, and they're seeing a far different culture and how it works. Mm -hmm. If you have never left the United States and you take my advice and you go to Georgia, you go to Tbilisi, and you open a bank account, you're going to see the way people operate a bit differently. They don't engage in as many pleasantries, Uh, you know. Things, mm-hmm. Some things go faster, some things go slower. Mm-hmm. You know, just the city works differently. I love it. I think it's a great place. I have a home there, uh, but it's different. And so, I mean, if that's your reason for banking offshore and you're just starting out, I think it's a great way to go and see cultures. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes makes good sense. So, so I mean, then then one thing meets the other in terms of it's it's good for your wallet, but it's also good for your 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 personal development, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any best place to do business or does that go hand, hand in hand with banking and investment? Well, again, um, what's the objective? I mean, all these indexes that come out of best places to do business. I mean, they say New Zealand's number one. And I mean, New Zealand, Singapore, actually Georgia is number five or number six on these lists because what do all those countries have? Basically zero corruption, pretty transparent, pretty easy to get everything done. Nothing is mind boggling. Uh, nothing is confusing. Now, again, if you don't speak Georgian, it'll be confusing. But, you know, if you're just a Georgian guy sitting there, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and bribe some guy in a weird office and shuttle all around town to open a business. Mm-hmm. Um, is that where you should do business? Um, you know, for me, New Zealand, I don't want to give half my money away in tax. So I don't care what the business opportunity is. I prefer to go to a country like a Cambodia mm-hmm. where I can easily get things done. Uh, it's it's relatively zippy and there's a lot of profit potential. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm IBM, 
I guess I wanted to go to New Zealand or Singapore. If I'm somebody who's you know smaller and just starting out, I, I guess I want to go somewhere different. And if you're me with a business sitting in the cloud, I want to go to the company where incorporation offers me the most operational flexibility, i.e. not some tiny island under review by every Western government, uh, but also keeps my taxes pretty low because I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's 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 very personal and it's indeed if you listen if you listen a little bit closer, it's also it's also not as simple. It's not overly complicated. I mean if you're in it, but if if you're being exposed to this from from the outside point like I am at this moment, it's there seems to be a lot to do. But then again, it's good that you're around because you can I, I imagine I imagine, Christina, we we do these YouTube videos and we you know, obviously we've got a lot of very positive people, but occasionally someone's like, You talk too long, you don't get to the point. I want to come out and do a video, you know, best place to live. I'm just going to be like Columbia, mic drop. And yeah. then like, but hold on, but I don't like the heat. Oh, I see. So it actually is complicated, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must say I had that thought as well when I watched one of your videos, like, okay, give me those best countries. But then again, it makes much, it makes sense to give the, to understand the context, why it would be the best, the best country to live in, like, or the best passport to have. In, in this I, I, listen, I hear do, do you want to? Do you mean? Do you want to hear a, a shocker for a guy who advocates paying legally very low amounts of tax? Uh-huh. I, I have an American guy who is looking to retire. We're going to have him move to Greece. Okay. Greece. Now we're not putting his his millions in Greece. We're not, you know, like, but he's going to live in Greece, uh-huh. right? Because of the way that his income is set up, I mean, it's really not going to cost him any more money in terms of tax. So. Mm-hmm. I would hardly advise almost I, I don't know that in years of doing this I've ever told anyone move to Greece. It's always like Andrew, we're thinking of building a place in Greece. Shut it down, get rid of it. <laughs> um but for this guy, for his particular circumstances and the way his income is earned, it's already taxed and you know that like, okay, that works for you. Um so a guy who's you know fifty five with five million dollars in the bank and this type of income has a far different quote unquote series of bests. Than a 25-year-old guy who's leaving the UK is single, wants the nightlife, and you know is trying to build a business sure. slightly taxed. Yeah, 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 makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's uh, interesting stuff to talk about and to keep talking about. Um, but I don't want to take up more time of your um, more of your time. And um, looking at the clock as well, we've been recording for about 32 minutes now. So I want to ask my two last questions. And the one but last question is: Can you give us three tips to become more culturally competent? Well, I think the one that I mentioned, which is experience matters. And that's why I say, you know, if you go to Georgia to open a bank account, that's a nice toehold. Maybe you'll build, you know, experience there that, you know, over time will will grow into something. Uh, I would say you need to relax in terms of, you know, your, um, you know, feelings towards your country. I mean, there's really no one best country. But we all get sucked up, even myself at times, into, you know, um, why people do things the way they do and what's better or worse. There is no better or worse. Number three is you've got to be open-minded. I think that what the biggest shock when people go overseas is they imagine everyone else functions the way that they do. Mm -hmm. And so I I guess it all kind of falls into the the big umbrella of experience. Um, You can see the way that we discuss things so fluidly that um, I'm sure some people would consider it a little offensive, quite frankly. Um, but you know, when you've been doing this, you live in the real world. And I think that the goal, the overriding point of those three points is you got to get into the real world and out of your perceived notions. Good points. Yes. I've got them all written down. They will be in the show notes as well. And Andrew, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? So nomadcapitalist.com. 
www.ghostbusinessmedia.com. We've got uh, well over a thousand articles I've written over the years on, on how to do this stuff. We've got our YouTube channel, uh, Nomad Capitalist, with hundreds of videos. Uh, I wrote the book, Nomad Capitalist, on Amazon. Uh, but if you're looking to reach out and you want some help, just uh, go to nomadcapitalist.com and, and click on the button for help. All right, we'll do that. Okay, thanks so much. Um, enjoy your time in Montenegro. Uh, that's where you are right now, correct? Yeah. Belgrade now, Montenegro to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, enjoy the, the time in the Balkans and the weather in the summer there because I, summers I, I tend to be really nice there. And I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. Glad to be with you. Thanks, Andrew, for the interview. I really enjoyed the talk that we had as well. And for you, audience, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, you can please do so in anywhere you can get your your podcast, even in Spotify, which is the latest edition where you can find this podcast as well. If you are leaving it, no, if you're finding it, if you're downloading it from iTunes, I'd really appreciate if you actually give me a rating there as well. All right, the music that you hear in the background is from Bensound. Check them out at bensound.com. I am Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time. And two weeks ago, in episode 126, we had Rebecca Costa talking about, well, the future of the future. So make sure to check that episode out as well. Take care. Bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. Oh, 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 o